0: Good morning, Mulberry Methodist. You know, I have been looking forward to this ever since I got the invitation, and I just love this church, love this congregation. Uh, Cam, I remember one time I was, we had some district thing, I think, and the seat was right in front of the organ, and Cam went boom on that first note. I just about leapt from one side to the other. <laughs> it was not a pretty sight, but I'm telling you, I just love the music here. It is so rich and deep and full of grace. This year, I have missed singing the, the hymns of God. I mean, I, and you know, I, I go to church and, and they say, well, you know, don't sing. You know, I cheat. I'm just telling you I'm sitting over there I still have to sing uh, you know behind my mask and all that stuff but we're beginning to emerge from that I heard somebody say that if 2020 were a drink it would be that stuff you drink before a colonoscopy <laughs> <laughs> you know I think they're right about that uh, what a year it has been my gosh you know, and, and then you run into the, the crises, of uh, uh, the smaller things you come across. Like, I was out somewhere speaking, and I'd stayed overnight uh, at a, some hotel. And I, I got up in the morning, and I was having breakfast. And I'll I just be honest with you. I felt just a spirit of oppression and gloom. I didn't know, really, if there was a God. And then I found out that they'd given me decaf. (laughs) And, you know, I I got regular and God was back on the throne again. You know, we we faced all kinds of stuff during this past year. And what lies ahead in the future? Well, we don't know. But we do know this. God is still in control. You know, I, I had a wonderful spiritual experience. They showed me where the senior pastor's office over there, and between the two services said, you can hang out. But I came in here, and I listened, Terry, to you and the wonderful folks who are practicing, and I can't believe there are only eight of you. I mean, you all just sound fabulous. I just hear this gorgeous music rolling out here, and the organ, and the piano, and And I was just swallowed up in worship as I walked around and prayed over each of the pews, made a lap around here. But I looked at all of these glorious windows and the stories that come right out of the Scripture about, you know, out of the life of Jesus. Of course, I love this one here with uh, Jesus and, you know, the children. Uh, right over there, because here's the birth, and the, the children, being at the Methodist Children's Home. And I'm just going to say one word about that. God's really put on my heart a message for this church, for this time. And so I'm not really going to give a, my Methodist Home uh, talk, but I do want to invite you into uh, the partnership that we have there at the Methodist Home. And at the back, we ought to, I always want to let, you know, make sure folks know Give to your church. This is, you know, I don't want to. And after your, uh, when you come to communion, I think you have a special offering there for communion. Give to that. But if you got something left and God puts it on your heart, out at the back there, uh, they have got to have an offering plate where you can uh, put something to offering. And I'm going to put in the first offering. I've got a, uh, a $50 bill here that I'm putting in in behalf of, uh, to the home. And you uh, anybody know who's on a 50? Grant, that's right. Probably our least sober president. <laughs> anyway, but uh, I, I want to invite you to join with me. And if, if God puts it on your heart to give something to bless the ministry of our home, uh, that would be wonderful. So I greet you in behalf of Allison Evans, our president and CEO, and in behalf of our glorious staff and uh, the kids that God sends to us. Every kid who comes there, I get a chance to meet with them, give them a teddy bear which says, we love you, and a Bible which says, God loves you. And we talk a little bit about um, how they came to us. And I always tell the kids, we're sorry you have to be here, but we're glad God sent you to us. We believe, whatever the circumstances have been, that God has brought you to us in this time, and we want you to know we love you, and we're wrapping you up in the love of God. Uh, So, just this word as uh, we step towards the uh, the message. Chris was in a special program that wasn't an academic thing, but it was one of these sort of, what do you want to do with your life, and what are your goals for your life, and What are the values you want to live by? You know, one of those kind of deals. And at the end of it, they had a graduation and Chris invited me to come. Uh, So I was there and these were mostly high school juniors and seniors. And they had, you know, five minutes to say something. And it was a typical kind of stuff you'd expect from some kids get up there and mumble away and you can't understand anything. And then some had a pretty cool presentation. And he had a little PowerPoint presentation. And I'll never forget Chris's opening words. It was up on the screen. And here's what he said. My goal for my life is to prove my family was wrong when they said I'd never amount to anything. Now, I don't know what those words do to you. But it was like somebody stuck a knife in me. I mean, here's a kid who whatever dreams he had for his life, his family was trying to take them away from him. They were dream thieves. And one of the things that we do at The Methodist Home is we try to give kids their dream back more than just their dream for doing something good with their life, God's dream for their lives. Every one of us has been created by God for a, a specific purpose and we want our kids to become all that God has made them to be. So let's turn to a, the Old Testament reading which comes from Deuteronomy chapter 31. This is about the transition, that's what my message is about today because y'all are in transition. Again, again, <laughs> Lord have mercy. By the way, I am reading from the New Living Translation but I don't really care anymore about the translation. What matters to me is font size. <laughs> <laughs> y'all get my drift here. Okay, here we go. And this is a transition from Moses to Joshua. When Moses had finished giving these instructions to all the people of Israel, he said i am now 120 years old and i am no longer able to lead you (laughs) that's a word 120 years old by the way you have three great pastors coming to you with an aggregate age of 218. (laughs) (laughs) anyway so listen you i don't know what this year is going to be like and but you have three of the best yeah i just love all those guys and you know god has something really interesting ahead And you know, you know what Mulberry really needs? Yeah, I don't either. (laughs) You know, this is one of those times we need, and I would say to you as my friends here at Mulberry, you all need to listen to God. This is our opportunity, this is your opportunity this year to listen to God in a fresh way because You know what it was like 40, 50 years ago? Well, it isn't coming back. But God is always doing a new thing. And it's time. I love the Methodist way. God's always doing something fresh and new. One of the most, and Sam, you'll bear witness this, one of the most unnerving things that happens to any preacher is when God speaks to the preacher in the middle of his own sermon. You know, every now and then, you know, you're thinking, ooh, it happened to me. I was preaching about John Wesley. You know, John Wesley, he didn't wait for the people to come to him. He went out into the fields, and at 5 a.m. in the morning when the miners were coming out, he would go out there and preach in the fields. And God said to me in the middle of it, said, you don't do that. I thought, and the worst part of it was I had another sermon to preach. After that, I had to go through that again. Anyway, but Methodists are people who are seeing God do a new thing and are not too afraid to say, let's try something new. i got a question for you. You think Mulberry is too afraid to start something new? I don't think so. I think this place is filled with the Spirit of God that says God's doing a new thing and let's jump on it. What that is, I don't know. But together... Listening to the Spirit of God, you can find it. Okay, back to our uh, 120-year-old Moses. Good gosh, I'd have been ready to call it quits a long time before that. Anyway, but the Lord has said to me, this is Moses speaking, you will not cross the Jordan River, but the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. How amazing is it? The Lord himself will cross over ahead of you. Moses understood who was Israel's leader? Not him. It was God. He said, I may not make it across the Jordan. God's going ahead of you and he will be with you. Well, he will destroy the nations living there and you will take possession of their land. Joshua will lead you across the river just as the Lord promised. You remember Moses, of course, when he led the people out, they crossed the Red Sea. Well, Crossing the Jordan River wasn't quite the Red Sea, but it was impressive. And you know what? That was God's imprint, saying, you've heard the stories about how Moses led. Look, I have chosen a new person, but there's more to it than that. So he goes ahead and says, the Lord will destroy the nations living in the land. Just as he destroyed Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, the Lord will hand... Uh, over to you. It's people who live there, and you must deal with them as I have commanded you. So be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Then, you can imagine these people all gathered here, Moses called for Joshua. And as all Israel watched, he said to him, to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Why do you tell somebody to be courageous? Because <laughs> they're fearful. Yeah, and he says, uh, as a matter of fact, this shows up three times in here. He says, be strong and courageous. Anyway, he said, be strong and courageous, for he will lead, for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors he would give them. You are the one who will divide it among them as Their grants of land, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Brothers and sisters, this is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. What an incredible Word. In the midst of a transition, He was saying to the people, I am going before you. And Moses said, Your new leader is going to be Joshua. Now, here's an interesting thing Moses didn't do this out of the blue. Moses had been mentoring, preparing, teaching Joshua all along. So when the time came to hand the reins off, Joshua was ready. May I be honest with you? Just in my opinion, we in the Methodist Church. Sometimes don't do a very good job at that. But Moses then did something else that was terrific. He stood up in front of the whole crowd. This is Moses, the leader. And he says, I'm done. Don't be whining and saying, oh, this is the way Moses used to do it. I'm done. This is your new leader. I love how the military does it. And I know some of you have served in the military. I had the privilege of uh, pastoring down in Kingsland where we have the submarine base and we had some submarine captains in our church. And, you know, I got to, uh, invited to go to some of the change of commands. I love how do they do that stuff. You know, they have a big ceremony and they, you know, have the speaker come in, all this ceremony and pomp for the guy who's going out. And then some guy gets up with his little whistle thing and goes Woo! and does his stuff. And the old captain walks off. And all the crews over there standing at attention. And they don't actually say this, but in effect, they say, That guy was great. He's done. And then the guy blows some other whistle. In comes the next guy. And they make it clear don't you spend your time looking backward. Your mission is forward. That's true for this church. Now you're going to have a fascinating year with these three terrific people who will be leading you. And during this year, listen carefully together to what God is saying, because God is going to point you into new direction. Now it may be, boy, I, I don't hold on to your hats here. It may be. Really breathtaking. Here's what happened. Everybody says, okay. You know, Moses says, Joshua's your next guy. And then Moses disappears. And Joshua leads them across the river. You know, it dries up. And there they go across. And they're thinking, this is good. And then Joshua gets the generals together. And they're all waiting, say, okay, what are we going to do? God's brought us the promised land. How do we take the promised land? And Joshua, you know, sometimes we read the Bible with this sort of vague sense of unreality, like it's some whatever out there. But put yourself in that, in his shoes. He's here with these guys and say, okay, what's the plan? And he says, and you know, they're looking and said, see that big city, that fortified city, Jericho. With walls that are just huge, and we've never encountered anything like this. How are we gonna do it? He says, I got the plan. He said, What is it? What is, we're gonna march around it one time. Okay, and then, well, what? The next day we're gonna do that again. And next day, we're gonna, in six days, we're gonna do that and I'll bet you there's dead silence across that place and said well what now and then he said oh on the seventh day we're going to march around seven times and then the priests are going to blow the trumpets and the walls are all going to fall down Yo, that is a stupid plan and all of the generals are thinking boy we thought we had a good one here but Clearly, he has lost his mind. You know what? Joshua had heard from God, and he bet everything on God. Because one or two things was going to happen when they blew those trumpets. The walls were going to fall down, or nothing was going to happen. I mean, he risked it all. That's where God wants us to live our lives. I tell you, friends, it's a a scary place. It's a lot easier to live where it's comfortable. But God is calling us into a place where we risk everything on Jesus. I was talking with Cater uh, Thompson earlier, and we were remembering when the Methodist home had uh, Steve Rumford as president for 31 years I think I mean S- Steve was an institution and I was the chairman of the board and I thought okay I'll be off the board and then uh, you know before we have to replace Steve and then somebody stayed on an extra year and I got stuck I thought what on earth are we going to do now and then somebody had a novel idea we said hey why don't we pray <laughs> that was an interesting thought and we did and then uh, after we prayed somebody said You know, Bob, why don't we make Cater the search committee president? And she just did an incredible job. But we prayed together, we searched together, we thought together, and in the end, God brought us Allison. We didn't know what we were going to do, God did. God knows what you need. Your call as a congregation with your pastors. We need to listen carefully and then walk in obedience. And it may be that we sort of have to say, okay, be strong and of good courage because it may be breathtaking, but God has a great plan. You know, something that's happened in our time, you know, with this cold coronavirus and all this stuff, God's kind of taken the church and done woo, 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 like that. Because, I mean, if we're going to be honest, you know, the church hadn't done all that great across the past years. And, and I think God's saying, wake up, church. I've got something new for you. And we may be, I mean, look at this place. This is glorious. Maybe we, in the midst of all this, have said, well, let's wait for people to come in. When God's saying, Why don't you get out and go where the people are? Do the John Wesley thing. You know what John Wesley did that was so astonishing? Uh, There was another uh, well-known preacher at that time, but John Wesley had the greatest impact. They said the other guy was really a better preacher. You know why? He got the people into small groups. Maybe God is going to get us to quit being a Sunday church and be an all-during-the-week church. Get us back to our small groups. Get us back when we're in our homes and we get our neighbors and people who say, well, I don't know if I'm going to walk into this beautiful, big old place I've never been into, but they'll walk into your home. And maybe God is about to do a new thing there. So let me invite you to communion with this story that comes from back in the days when Kentucky was the Wild West. I mean, our nation was just being settled, you know, and, and they were opening up and people were just going out. And when they got to a spot that looked good, they'd say, this is our, our place. They'd stake a claim there. And there's this wonderful story about a family that went out there. They got out, found this place out in the wilderness. They are unpacking their wagon they have not unpacked, they are unpacking. And a man rides into the clearing on a horse. And it's a Methodist circuit-riding preacher. And the husband looks at the guy and he says, my God, I moved out here to get away from you people. And I thought, the Lord. That's the call God's still giving to us. Go where the people are. And we may not be going out in the wilderness, you know, in the wilds of Kentucky, but we may be going into our neighborhood. Remember a friend who wrote a book and in it he had this line, every shepherd has his flock. And the secretary, Ms printed it. And she wrote, every shepherd has his block. It's not bad. Maybe God's sending us to our block. Because I do know this, Jesus died for all of Macon, Bibb County, whatever area you want, you know, the world. But God is sending us there. And He's not sending us alone. He's going with us Going before us, above us, beneath us, to our left and right. We go with God. And so we're coming to the Lord's table, and Trevor's gonna lead us. Trevor, come on up. And here's the here's the great thing. We're not inviting you like Jesus is somewhere over there, and he's saying, Yeah, y'all come and get something to eat. We're around the table with Jesus, we're invited into his presence.